to another McLaren fans podcast. Um, it's now June, it seems like ages since we've done one. Uh, say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Andy. Hello, everyone. Excellent, excellent. Uh, we've got quite a few things on the agenda today, so um, let's get cracking. First of all, um, just a quick update. How good were those two episodes with Matt? They went down pretty well, and um, yeah. It was it was great to talk to him, wasn't it? So so nice to have him just come on and freely just talk. Not not worried about what he was saying. He wasn't conscripted to come on our show at all. We haven't paid him for advertising. It's just he came on and just had a chat. It was lovely. Yeah, it was brilliant. That's yeah. that's the best thing about Matt. He's he's the the ultimate storyteller, you know. Um, and as we stood on the podcast, we've experienced that when we've been to MTC, haven't we, Andy D? But Matt's so good at telling you about the history, even through his on this day tweets. And and yeah, you know, there are there are other messages that having Matt on, it was important to discuss, it was important to make sure we covered. But he's he's just someone I love chatting to and I could have I could have done five podcasts back to back with him. It was that much fun to talk to. So yeah. uh so yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed it and and you know, felt like we did that that some of the stories he had to tell were very important. Yes. Um and let's move on to the first item on the agenda, which is also a very important story. Uh, we want to talk about Imola. Um, now, we, I think we all agree that it was right to cancel the race. Nobody's debating that. Nobody's sitting here thinking it shouldn't, you know, it should have gone ahead or whatever. I mean, we, you know, um, but it was uh, Sarah went out to the Imola race for a bit of a holiday. She was out there a few <laughs> days beforehand. Trying to relax, trying to have a nice break from the uh, podcasting world and the world of work, and uh, it was a little bit more stressful than you probably imagined, wasn't it, Sarah? Damn right, it was. So um, I, I'd been aware that there'd been some some flooding in the region a few weeks e- earlier, and I'd contacted the people that we were renting a house from, and they'd said to me there were no problems anymore. I'd be perfectly fine. Um, so, and, you know, and I was checking the weather and stuff and I knew it was going to rain a bit, but I don't think anyone expected that one month's rainfall would fall in 36 hours. Also, the ground was quite hard, which I think had, had from what I've heard from people since led to the water just running down the mountains, down the hills, which caused some of the flooding problems. But, but yeah, just to summarise, <clears throat> We um we flew out on the Monday and landed at Bologna Airport and picked up our hire car and drove off to our uh, our little retreat, which we thought was going to be really quiet and really beautiful, just on the Tuscany Emilia Romana border. And we got there quite late at night, so we knew we were going uphill. But let's just say I didn't quite see what the view was like. Um, I spent the night in our little house, which was quite cosy, lovely view outside. And then when we woke up in the morning, it was raining. So we decided that because we'd had a lot of traveling and, and before we traveled, there'd been a lot going on at home. We'd just spend a day chilling out and doing stuff. Um, and it was raining really heavily. And I posted a video on Facebook and I remember someone putting, oh, you've picked the wrong place to go on holiday. But what I wasn't aware of at this point was what was going to be going on in the rest of the area. We lost electricity and Wi-Fi <coughs> and all phone signal. Um, later that evening and um, sat by candlelight and made a joke about how romantic it was 
then we got in the car and tried to go out to go down to the village to go and get some food and that's when it hit us that we were stuck um the the road was washed away in many places um there were trees that were blocking the roadway um, as Nick was trying to drive the wheels were spinning up and the car was just wiggling about all over the place and we had a, a hillside one side and a sheer drop the other and it was only just wider than the car so we suddenly realized we weren't going to be able to get out um, ended up reversing this car back with me walking up the road helping him and even that was was scary so we went to bed that night pretty frightened uh, the rain was still coming we could see water running down the hillside right next to the bedroom we were sleeping in and we got up at daylight 6am in the morning packed our bags and walked out and left our car there um, because we didn't know what to do and we ended up staying with the lady who owned the whole estate that these properties were on um, and other tourists were there as well there were four German people there with us there was a Dutch guy um, so yeah we ended up being stuck there with no power for the first couple of days and then the power did come back on the wi-fi and all my phone did was go ding 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 sorry the race has been cancelled Sarah sorry the race has been cancelled but what really hit me when I saw that was what the wide-reaching effect of what we were in the middle of in that area what was actually happening so we were up high we were trapped there was no way out the bridges had been washed away we could get down to the village but no further um, but all of the other roads around the area had, had all collapsed all were blocked by mudslides landslides um, and as we were moving about trying to you know look at where we could go there was more mud just sliding down the side it was terrifying so uh, so yeah um, on the Saturday we were airlifted out by the Italian authorities <laughs> so so not the way I expected to get a uh, a helicopter ride but yeah basically that, that sums it up we arrived on the Monday and on the Saturday we were airlifted out by the authorities back to Bologna um, had numerous attempts to try and book new flights but they were going to be £500 each Ryanair would not negotiate as, as I'm sure you all know what they're like so yeah we ended up then staying another couple of days and coming home on our original flights just because it made no sense to, to pay a lot more money to come home two days early so so there you go. At times terrifying, but we were really lucky. 14 people died out there. I saw what happened in Fayenne, so I saw what the floods looked like. It was totally right that they cancelled the race um, out of respect for the people that have died. And also because the, the ongoing situation in the region meant that there shouldn't be police marshalling people going into a racetrack, even if the floods at Imola had subsided enough for them to be able to work in the paddock. Um, you need those emergency services and the authorities working in the right area and there was an ongoing emergency there the village we lived in is oh, sorry stayed in is is still mainly cut off i've spoken to people out there so that's still happening right now um so yeah it was less about formula one and and more about making sure the people of that area are okay as you say like the the Formula One statement actually said that we're going to let the emergency services do their real job pretty much yeah. go and go and save people go and sort life out and we're just a race we're just a sport we can wait a year um it's also like you see the Yuki Tsunoda pictures from the yes. um, Toro, not Toro Rosso sorry Alfa Tori factory where he's in the street mop, mopping up and spreading uh, um, brushing off the mud that's a, a lovely touch from him 
I think so. I, I know there were a lot of the team there and obviously he gets to make the photos because he's the driver. But I think in general, the team and the people in the area were there. Um, but but yeah, I just uh, some of that mud that he was sweeping away. Nick's got a trainer full of that in the kitchen, you know, because he, he accidentally stepped in it. It was it was just everywhere. And one thing I would say is I, I was on Sky News and I've got a video of that that I'll post if anyone wants to see it. The things I saw from the helicopter looking down, the mudslides, the houses that were just covered in mud, you won't believe it until you see a photograph. You know, it's just shocking. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was devastation on a large scale. Yeah, m- most was, of the images was, we got back here were all just like, a, well, here's the paddock that's flooded. Here's the river next yeah. to the track. Here's, like, yeah, so well, they should have been focusing on the real, pe- the real people, not just yeah. the bit around the track, because... Yes, there was water next to the track. Don't get me wrong, but there were in in the in the town of Faenza where ceramics were invented. I know this because of my Italian history. Um, water was rushing through shops, uh, you know, and, and washing people away. You know, that's that's the force and that it was coming downhill with. So, uh, so yeah, it was it was not a great holiday. Um, Nick has told me my hubby that from now on I'm not allowed to choose destinations to go to I've pointed out to him that it was a once in a lifetime disaster that you know these things don't happen every day but apparently we're only allowed to go to races in the desert from now on he's told me so uh... what about Silverstone <laughs> well it depends how sunny it is it might end up like a desert but um well, we're, yeah. we're glad you're safe from uh it, thank it you it was major it, it wasn't like a little tiny bit of rain it was a major incident yes and i think f1 handled it the right way from a fan perspective i don't want to watch a race where people are literally dying around the track no but of course it was just really bad timing because disasters happen all over the world every day of the week it's just the timing that that happened when the race was going to be there obviously um yeah really unfortunate i know f1 made a big donation to the the recover the recovery and and the relief um, charities there I believe Ferrari did as well I think I saw a million euros they'd given as well so um, yeah they're doing what they can you know that's that's the main thing and none of that was their fault but they did the right thing by cancelling it yeah agree totally um, and I guess you know just out of have you, have you heard anything about like refunds on tickets or anything like that yeah, so I got an email really quickly from Formula One and it said you can have a credit or you can have a ticket for next year's race, at which point Nick reminded me of the desert only rule that was coming in. Um, or you can have a refund and it said we don't know when you'll get that refund because it will depend on when the promoter gives us the money back. But I checked my credit card and I had a refund just a couple of days ago. So as far as I can see, I've had my money back already. The bigger problem for me is the additional, um, well, the, the accommodation I couldn't stay in, the hire car I couldn't use, which is still stuck there. I'm still emailing backwards and forwards every day when they keep asking me when I'm going to bring the car back. And I keep sending them photos and saying, can't bring the car back. The car's still there. The car's safe. It's just there. Um, and all sorts of things, you know, additional accommodation and stuff like that. We did book some other flights that we thought we'd be able to get on the Saturday that we never got to get on. Um, so, so far, we're about two and a half thousand pounds down, which we're trying to claim on insurance for. It's not like I haven't got enough evidence of what was going on there. <laughs> and I've got a letter from the um, from the mayor of the, the village we were in that they've stamped saying, you know, Nick and Sarah Merritt were stuck in our village. So 
so yeah it was it was just one of those things but hopefully you know for me it, it's it's a story it's a memory and um we got out okay but for some other people it's been you know utterly devastating and life-changing yeah what what i'd love to see is maybe next year when the race is back on probably the race is back on next year that maybe there's some effort to kind of you know help rejuvenate the sort of area that we could do as fans and as like formula one as teams and stuff i'm lucky enough to have been to imola um just for 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 a tour and have a look around it's lovely and the people in the little village nearby absolutely lovely people um yeah you know so that area is is a beautiful area it's you know kind of you know the 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 human loss aside the effects will be felt for a long time in businesses totally um, people's everyday lives and it would be nice if there was something we could do next year to go back. Even if it's just like, you know what? Have donation buckets as you're going in and people put some euros in or something like that. Something simple, but, yeah. you know. It's, it's a big area. No doubt we inconvenience a lot of people turning up on mass to F1 races and these things. But actually, we're also, you know, could be a force for change and a force for good as well. Exactly. That's very, very true. I mean, it's a really big tourist area as well out there. So yeah. people are, I mean, you've got ongoing devastation to certain areas that will need to be re- rebuilt. The road that went to where we were staying has been totally washed away. And I believe she told me, the lady we were with, that that had cost £30,000 to have that road built. So she won't be able to rent out any of her properties and gain any money from tourism until that's been repaired. So there's a lot of money there. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, there's there's individual stories you'll hear about people who've been affected. But in general, it's just... It's just a terrible loss for the whole region. And it's a beautiful, green, lush area. If you've not been to Imola, people, I can tell you, and I know Andy's been there as well, it's a park. You know, the 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 circuit is a park with football pitches and tennis courts in the centre of it and houses. It's a beautiful place to visit, as well as the Senna Memorial, which, of course, is quite moving, but is in a, a really lovely place under some trees with a bench there where you can sit down and look at the flags and everything. So it's just it's just such a lovely place. If you think of your your park near you in your nearest city that's that you like to go and visit or go to a park run at, imagine that because that's basically what the Imola circuit is to the people that live there. It's their local park. No, that's a great idea. Park runs around F1 tracks. Park run. I don't know. It's a bit uh, like. No, I know a man who yeah. could sort that out. Maybe <laughs> so like extreme E, every venue they go to on i think it's a tuesday or wednesday the drivers and the team do environmental impact uh, positive environmental impact so they go and work in dams they they do some work in the like environment and you see emma and tanner every single time out there and they're they're enjoying it having fun they're clearly smiling enjoying it doing a good environmental impact so we could do that f1 should organize the same with the f1 drivers for imola it's um how hard is it to say let's not do press on thursday let's go do some some good yeah 100%. 100%. There's a, there's a lot of things we can do. We're a, we're a force for change. And on that note, nothing to do with him at all. Can I just say as we go past, <clears throat> there should be more McLaren involvement in the, um, I can't remember the name of the Twitter account now, sorry. I'm having a, I'm having a moment. McLaren fans now. cast, that's the Twitter account that should be Not involved us. with. Not us. Not us. Yes, Racing yes. Pride, Sorry. Just on the back of Racing Pride and on the back of when we talked about with Matt last time, 
Just, just um, be yeah. careful, Andy, talking about gays and backs, because, you know, as, as honorary gay, we're, we're allowed to talk about this. <laughs> oh, you can you can talk. Oh, OK. Um, <laughs> no, you've done a great thing. Like, I'm, I'm only joking around because, you know, yeah. me. but you've done a great thing. And I think as an advocate, I think it's brilliant what you've done. Yeah, I think what well, the point I was going to make was that I didn't even realise there was a membership you could buy. I didn't know that you had to have a membership. No, like not at all. So uh, I, I, I am a gay man. I did not know I, there was a membership to Race and Pride as yeah. an entity. I didn't. I, I follow Race and Pride on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I like what they do. I did not know that was a thing. And then I saw you post on Twitter that you signed up membership. I was like, why did I not know about this? Yes, you think you'd think we'd all know, wouldn't you? Especially we're talking about it with Matt as well. And and yeah, it's 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 an account I followed forever and a day. So how how I didn't know about it either. But more importantly for this week was I saw Red Bull being announced as their newest people that had joined up with them and were being involved. And I was just so annoyed that it wasn't my team, mm. it wasn't our team, it wasn't McLaren. So yeah. McLaren, listen up. Every team in the paddock should be part of Racing Pride. But I'm just annoyed at the moment that my team isn't. <laughs> well, Andy, for for racing pride, is it expensive? What do you get? Uh, it's it's cost me twenty five pounds to join. Not much in in the grand scheme of things. Um, I've got access to some forums and other bits and pieces that are being given out. Um, I'm sure there'll be other things that kind of come along. But actually, in reality, you know, maybe there'll be like a pa- membership pack where you get like a pin badge or something like that. The future who knows but certainly um you know the the main thing for me was I, i'm not expecting anything back from it you know um, it's it's more of a kind of right you know i want to support my friends colleagues peers yep. who all should be able to go to races um in any any racing format um without any prejudice without any judgment and without any fear and that's the most important thing and if joining up helps in a little way to do that and get that to happen a little quicker then it's worth every penny and you know what we love you for it yeah we do your big your big cuddly hunk of burning love that's a lovely thing you just said (laughs) made me made me smile inside and out listening to you because that's the bottom line we don't care who you are, where you come from, what you're into. We love all of our friends around us and everyone should be able to go out for the day together to a racetrack and watch something without fear of being mocked, taken the mickey out of, uh, discriminated against, you know? Um, I mean, the only thing I can possibly add is that I know what it was like at a few times when I've been to races and people have, you know, Neanderthal man has sat down next to me and gone, oh, what do you know about motor racing, love? You know, and, and there's been a lot of anti, anti-woman anti stuff, yes. I bet you don't even know what DRS is. Well, I do, actually. You know a lot um, more than they do. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And uh, and my knuckles don't track on the ground either. But, but <laughs> you know, there's a million different ways someone can be discriminated against, but what Racing Pride does is, is brilliant. They're looking at inclusion in motorsport, and that's what everybody should be looking at. Everyone should be included. Yeah, talking of inclusion, we, we've had a couple of races in the last few weeks. Have we? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Oh, a I'm couple gonna, of races. A yeah, couple of so races. Let's talk about the, the Triple Crown livery then. 
Hey. Now I was expecting this to be like okay. I was expecting not to like it to be honest in in that room. Really? When I saw the, the sort of mock-ups, I was like, "Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure." I was like, "Should should the front be papaya as well?" And then that would feel. But then obviously we had the three different cars for the Indy 500 and the, the way that they were done and, and what what they stood for. And then obviously for Monaco we had the sort of um, what I'm going to call the amalgamation car. Because it was the three sort of deliveries in one sort of idea. Yeah. My God, it looked brilliant. Yeah. I call I called it the three in a bed car when I first talked about it. So you did better than me. <laughs> if if they left that livery for the rest of the season, I would not be annoyed. I would I would not be disappointed either. And look, look, let me show you to the camera. It's coming. It's you coming. Got pimp- oh, nice. All right. Oh, when excellent. can they get delivered? Yeah. Well, probably four weeks yet, but that's the trouble, isn't it? The turnaround on me creating anything doesn't come quickly enough. But Wait. but yeah, Wait. I I'm very excited to do that because I love that livery. And people were saying, "Oh, look, we've still got it in Barcelona," and I thought, "Brilliant! You know, that's that's great. It, it's making the most of something good we've got there. You know, it's so it's great." Barcelona was held on because we didn't have the time to re uh, graph redo it, it. Uh, redo yeah, the yeah. actual bodywork. Um, so. The three cars are Indy, four cars, including our um, extra one for Tony. Um, Indy was an interesting, interesting event, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, if I'm going to be honest, I've watched the last couple of Indy races. We've been on the same day as the F1, and I've enjoyed them more. I mean, the, yep. the 500 is always going to be a bit of a spectacle, but um, even the Detroit City was pretty good. Yeah. But, oh, God, yeah. when... When that accident happened and Pato was like, my heart just sank massively. Yeah, yeah and then multiply that again on a lap later. Yeah, <laughs> we just we just knocked out. It was like dominoes, like utter utter utter, just wrong, and then another, and then another. I just feel I just feel like if you're a McLaren fan at the minute, it's you changed. don't even know what good luck means. <laughs> oh, it's not yeah. even in that dictionary, is it? No. Yeah, it, it 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 was it was exciting to watch for many reasons. There were some highs, there were some lows. Um, I certainly had great anticipation that we were going to do really well at Indy, and and it's a shame that you know one by one those chances seem to to go away. But still a great event. I'd still love to go there. There must be a fridge magnet for the brickyard that I could buy, um, and. You know, it's great to see Zach out there. And uh, I, I will just mention, I've read an awful article from someone out in Indy saying that, that Zach's not popular and that he can't just walk in here and do the things that he does. Um, <clears throat> and I've replied to it on Facebook and stuff, and I can see a million other fans are, have as well, saying, what a what a bitter piece of journalism this is. This is not based right. on any facts whatsoever. But it seems indie journalists are more personal. And tend to be less balanced. It tends to be their personal view in an article as opposed to journalism reporting on an event, which is very different to F1. I don't care about being popular. Be fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, by the way, the indie hat. Yes. It comes with bad hair. With that hairstyle. Awful hair. Uh, but <laughs> look at the inside of it. Oh. The flat of the piece. I just weaved myself. Look at like, that! It's a lovely touch, like <laughs> brickwork on the in- inside of the peak. I love that, mate. I absolutely love that. 
it's a proper lovely touch. Like they they thought that one through. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I really like that. I'm, I'm changing. Do you know, that back do you know what? I've not bought a cap this year. My yeah. <laughs> I've I've got so... I've got the the new cap with the blue on it because I I always like the pop of blue. Yeah. The Formula oh, E. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm sold on Formula E. I freaking love Anyone that. Anyone would think you're a bit of a McLaren, not Andy. I, Do you know well, what, Andy? Show us all three of those caps together. The one you've got on, yeah, yeah. So, so Andy was was watching all three races in one day. Yeah. And uh, and had all of the hats for them as well. <laughs> you know, there did you so just change your hats, or did you just change your shirt as well? T-shirt as well. I've got the other t-shirts because I'm, <laughs> I'm that person. I'm a full kit one um, but there were so many of us at four o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning uh, and Sunday morning for the Formula E practice uh, qualifying even there were loads of people out there tweet on Twitter it wasn't just yeah. thus diehards were well, some brilliant. of them not in the UK though <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if follow that many people that aren't in the UK to be honest yeah I, I've completely sidetracked to what we were going to talk about we're going to talk about Monaco but um, yeah Look well, we're going to talk about Monaco, Spain, and Indy, so we might as well have just, you know, might as well jump from one to the other. But let's talk about Monaco and Spain as well. So, um, yeah, let's use the sort of uh, the meme that's been going around with Spain equals pain. Oh, Lando, first, you know, it was first lap. Yeah, you know, hit the back of Lewis. Everybody's like, oh, is it Lewis's fault? Is it Lando's fault? And, well... Doesn't matter, does it? Charles Leclerc. <laughs> it was a racing incident. So... Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was gutting, but, you know, I, I, I think I tweeted this. The, the smile I have on my face from Saturday with, with Lando qualifying third and seeing him being interviewed and all the shizzle that comes with that, that yeah. keeps me going for a little while longer. I got a little yeah. boost that that charges me up as a McLaren fan and keeps me going. So yes, it was disappointing. Yes, it was it was heart wrenchingly gutting. But Oscar did quite well, didn't he? Let's not forget him. Um, and uh, and I still have the glory of Saturday's quality to keep me smiling. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you know Monaco. I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, uh, Lando was like fifth on three practice sessions. And then was it Q2 that we had a little issue? He clipped the wall and we, had to, we didn't get a good run in, in Q3. Yeah. Yeah. I, we were going to be quite high up in qualifying there. He, yeah. he had been nailing it. It just got unlucky in Q2. He then landed at a great qualifying in, in Spain. Oscar did not do badly at all. I, he's right up there in Spain as well. And for a track that he hasn't done the 40 billion laps that a lot of drivers have done. Yep. great from him like our qualifying one that pace is good and yeah. the thing that that shows that we're moving we, we aren't still back in q3 fighting to get out of q3 we the car is moving yeah, somewhere point yeah 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 okay sunday sucked right yeah. it, it really did you can't deny it for um, most of the last few races but we're moving and we've got the big positive of qualifying is changing qualifying will breed, lead into the race yeah um it, there's movements we'll get we'll get race pace it'll come There'll be some tracks that suit us, some that don't, all the rest of it. But you know, always um, yep. And and on the back of Oscar, you know, but bizarre. I was out on Saturday and I had my McLaren T-shirt on. Obviously, given that you know, that's all the clothes that we all have, isn't it? Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
um, you know, this this uh, this guy at this bar was like, oh, McLaren fan. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Oscar's shit, isn't he? And I went, shit hot, you mean? No. And he went, no, he's shit. He's no Danny Ricardo. And I went, what? Well, he's got better results than Ricardo so far, hasn't he? <laughs> In a, in yeah, a and I was like, yeah, you... I was just like, well, that, that, that's his opinion. But yeah, I was like, I just said, I think he's doing really well this year. I think he's, you know, he's rookie, yeah. He's, I mean, he's what, he's what year? Rookie? Rookie. 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 Or, or rookie. Rookie to the rest of us. <laughs> he's seven races in. Into his Formula yeah. One career. Into his yeah. <laughs> Give the boy a chance for Christ's you know, sake, yeah. How many wins did Danny Rick get? He got about seven wins. Was it seven or thirteen off the top of my head? Um, so it's yeah. like he's done as many races as Danny Rick's won. Like he's finding his feet. He did not he did yeah. not have a bad Spain at all. I think I think he's done very well, and I think the, the way you judge how well he's doing should not just be by results, but by the feedback you get from the team. And when and Andreas says things like, you know, yes, he's doing really well, and and you know we rate him, then that's that's the best compliment he could have. You know, they're they're not going to big him up if he isn't. They they would say things like, oh, he's still finding his feet, you know, that kind of thing. I think they speak very highly of him and the feedback he gives. And I know driver feedback is incredibly important. Mm. It's not just about driving around in circles. It's about how you respond with the team and the level of technical feedback you give them so that they can make improvements on your car for you. And I've heard many times them saying how technically good Oscar is for that. So, yeah. Tell that bloke you were talking to to sod off, Donnelly. <laughs> Did, um, did you see anyone watch Sky Sky Sports? Um, they had Zach on there talking about our new signing and uh, the, the guys in there from Red Bull completely. Yeah, Rob uh, Marshall. Rob Marshall, yeah. Thank you. Yep. And Zach was asked, how do you know he's any good? And he, <laughs> after a few seconds, he said, oh, I, um, I, I got some information from a colleague of his. The colleague happened to be Adrian Newey. Yes. <laughs> I love the fact that Adrian Newey is either he's really happy with all this stuff and he's like look you're great you go and do the best you can we'll still win he's got either got that level of confidence or he's just like yeah i'll just tell everyone what the truth is anyway he just is blase about it but great that adrian if, spoke to zach about it if 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 christian horner is someone that makes me slightly want to be sick in my mouth sometimes adrian newey by balance is the person i think he's always honest and always tells the truth now, that's just my feeling. My gut feel is that if someone wanted to leave, Adrian knew he wouldn't begrudge them that opportunity and he certainly yeah. wouldn't hold them back. Especially an opportunity where they're moving up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, order. So, that's kind of the yeah. feeling that I got out of it as well. Yeah. 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 Um, the guy's been at Red Bull for, was it 17 years? Yep. So, you know, he's been there for six championships, right? He's been yep. there when they, you know, they haven't done so well. But even there, haven't not doing so, so well has only been third in the championship. So exactly. we exactly. take it. Yeah. So you know, and, this guy comes I... with a wealth of experience, and you know, hopefully, slots in like a a Lego brick. I wonder into... what you were going to go for there. There were many other options you could have gone for with the slotting in. Do we I'm want glad to you went with Lego. 
do we want him to cause a bit of a ruckus and get rid of the because we've got processes mclaren notoriously have process after process after process yeah and maybe maybe we need a bit of the renegade red bull like just get rid of the rule book and just get the thing done you want you want him to be a bit bullish perhaps well some of the (laughs) the um some of the comments coming out about james key and the reasons why he left were that he was following the book yeah so if if we got rid of a person because they do that what do we need instead we need someone that's going to follow the the guide one of you goes let's just try this see if it sticks let's see what it works uh let's try breaking the cost cap and just see what happens oh two million (coughs) buys you a lot doesn't it eh? One thing I would say is if you are working at a team like Red Bull who are winning championships, you're not going to walk away and leave unless you think that the place you're going to is, is a good opportunity and is somewhere where you can make a difference and make improvements. It isn't enough to just throw money at someone and they come here and we're, we're running around at the back of the track and they're miserable. He must think he can make a difference. Otherwise, he won't be moving. To, they talked to Zach about it, and he said basically, you know, the, he told the guy and he gave him an idea of what the plan was and everything else like that. He's bought yeah. into that plan. So Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. And the, the other thing for me is that people move between teams all the time. They do. But you don't get Brundle talking about that. You don't get Rosberg no. talking about that. No. You don't get Coulthard talking about I don't really care that. what Rosberg talks about that, to be no, honest. No, but, you, you know, actually <laughs> pretty much all of the um, the pundit media in the paddock yep. Yep. were talking about, hang on a minute, this guy's move, this is a big move. Yeah. This is yep. a big move. So, do, you, yeah. do you think any of it might be that anyone in Red Bull, they don't design the car, Adrian Newey designs the car. That's what the whole public think. It's an Adrian Newey designed car. This is his chance to make his name to say, yeah. I've designed this. I, I this yeah. is me. This is yeah. my department. Um, I think there's got to have some bit of that in it. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't obviously. be surprised if a few more people, you know, trot across the road from Milton Keynes to walk in. <laughs> well, it's a long like walk. It. Yeah. <laughs> But, but you're right. So I've, I've just changed jobs in the real world. And one of the first things I'm doing is looking at who I can bring with me because yeah. they're people I trust, the people I know. And, and you want me the, to old work place, for you? the old place weren't clever enough to put anything in my contract to say I couldn't. So like, it's like, right. I've got people I trust and people I know and I know can do the job. Why would I recruit anywhere else? Yeah. You know, um, you know, you can't put in their contract that they have to wear papaya to work every day though, Andy, don't you? I don't have to put it. It's implied. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, um, talking of papaya, I, I want to talk about the power of sponsorship because the, what sponsor, the, what sponsorship? the power of sponsorship, right? Like we are all wearing sponsor gear, and we've all got rooms full of sponsor stuff that we, you know, we, yeah. we are buy we all much we poorer for the for the value of it. Yep. Yeah. So, I found the Jack Daniels McLaren limited edition bot- bottle online. Yeah. I was so happy. I, I don't drink Jack Daniels. I do now because they sponsor McLaren. It's a simple <laughs> fact. Maybe that's not quite the message we want to get across with this one. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we can we run the car on it as well? Yeah, but we can. It's 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 in it's in Lovely. all the local Asda stores in our Asdas as well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got... now in Tesco's and Sainsbury's. It's all there. Yeah, it's all cheap. They've got a display. Yeah, they've, they've got a display that looks like like McLaren Doggo's car. I don't know yeah. if you've seen it. <laughs> It's basically a cardboard box Formula One car with a load of bottles in, but it looks like they've just nicked Fraggle's car, basically. It's, it's brilliant. 
if I was Fraggle's owner, I would be going down to my local house and say, can I have that when you're done with it? Save yeah. me making yeah. one for next oh, year. You making one next year, yeah, yeah. Well, on the back, like, on the back of that, not just the that sponsorship. So you know, um, the K Swiss trainers. Yeah, I mean they've pretty much sold out straight away. Got yep. myself a pair. Everybody that I've been working with, my God, they're bright. I'm like, yep. <laughs> well, you know, there's no yeah. there's no point being a shrinking violet, is there? No. I think yeah. there there is so much of a thing as too much papaya though. You could be wearing, maybe, uh, maybe. Mr. Robinson, you know the the black top is is more subtle with the the papaya hat. Right. I got I got the black Formula E top. We've we've pretty much got all of it covered. So you know, got Formula <laughs> E tops on and that. I've got the um, this is the uh, performance. Oh, it's a nice. One, oh that, yeah, actually. yep. Really nice, really nice. You just got to yeah. make sure you you never call it orange because look what look what happens yeah. when you do. Yes, Perry, I've got your chocolate orange here. No, I ate mine. Well, I've got a story for this. Oh, so, a story? Yeah. I gave up chocolate on Easter, and I was doing so well. I'd not touched a bit. Then that dropped through my letterbox. And as you can tell, it's now empty. Yeah. yeah. Mine got eaten. But you've Harry kept Brown, the box. Next time I see you. Excellent. Nice. What what so, are we so really talking um, about? I've lost. Way, I've lost the plot. For our people listening and not watching, they were Terry's chocolate oranges that had the uh, ter- it's papaya, not orange, written on them. Yeah. It says Perry's. Sorry, he said orange at the top, because in a previous podcast, Perry re- referred to many things that should be called papaya as orange, and 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 we're not part of the Orange Army or Max Verstappen fans, so we were very clear that it's papaya. Yeah. Um, but but he has paid it forward by giving us all some chocolate, so uh, he's out of the doghouse for now. Absolutely, yeah. Well done, good good work. So we've not got long left. So I guess my question to you two, Andy and Andy, is: Is there anything else we were meant to talk about? And what the hell was the agenda this week? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the agenda sorted. Yeah. So I, I just want twenty seconds on the soapbox. Like, Go on now yeah. that we're Go not on. doing great. We are not winning championships. We're not scoring points. We're having bad weekends. Now is the time for fans to really shout the positives and to support the team. Because yep. those the people in that team at the MTC at the track, they're getting the dire side of life every single day. If they receive one tweet that's a positive, that will make a difference in their day. So if, yep. if we can, as a fan base, start really pushing the positives, it makes yep. a difference to our team, to the people. When they go home of a night, I'm in a little bit of a better mood. I think so too. I am a supporter. That's what I say. I am a fan. I am a supporter. I'm here to support. Not every day goes our way. We're not always incredibly successful, but you know, let's let's show our team that we do care about them and we do give a shit. Yeah, and that's a great note to end this podcast. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you very much, Andy. Until next time.